it's our 13th episode, <laughs> and it's on a Thursday. It's Thursday the 13th episode. It's Thursday the 12th. Welcome to the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast. I was already doing the intro. Well, I'm deleting it. We're I, your host. Oh, no. No, I like it. I like the offense. Turn on your balls. Turn on the balls. I need you turn the light for a second. Yeah, uh. Not, not his testicles, Ooh. but his dragon balls. <laughs> Turn on your phone. Uh, <laughs> ah, great. <laughs> uh, oh, God, it feels like Christmas oh, in here. Balls. This is an atmosphere. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> we just need to lo-fi hip-hop now. <laughs> lo-fi hip-hop background music. Beats to study and relax to. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast. Where I, your host, Ben, travel through the cult classic television show with my lovely co-hosts, who are... Tabitha! Corey. Jamie. Ashley. And that's count them five hosts. We have... <laughs> you said it like we didn't count. <laughs> that's definitely count. That's why you went second. Uh, ben is a co-host. Yeah, I've been kicked He's off the podcast more than anybody else. We're, We're outnumbering him. He is gone. Well, before we start, I just want to say congrats, <laughs> ladies and fellas, on hitting 400 downloads. Woo! Very exciting. On Podbean, uh, on Woo! iTunes, I don't know how many downloads we have or subscribers, but you know we're sitting at six whole followers on Podbean and 400 downloads, which Hell yeah. is not bad for a website that nearly no one uses. Clearly, 400 people use it, <laughs> and. Uh, it, congrats on making it to our 13th episode, so hopefully we have all the lights out, except for the balls. The balls are lit. The balls and, uh, are it's lit. lit. So hopefully nothing too spooky happens today. Ooh. I might burp and I apologize for drinking soda. There we go. That wasn't me, that was Corey. Oh. He stole my burp. So, it's been, oh. <laughs> it's been quite a while. Nearly, like, three weeks, so how is everybody doing? Uh, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, just, like, I got caught up with the play and homework, and how, how is everyone been doing? Okay, so let me tell you. <laughs> I am working on two cosplays for Zenkai Con. I had two deadlines last week, a deadline Monday um, for my three studio classes. I'm learning how to code now, and... Um, by the time this podcast comes up, he'll know, but I'm planning a surprise party for Jared this oh. weekend. Yes. Joke's on you, I'm editing it tonight. Oh, no! <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, I'm excited to go to set surprise party for Jared, which hasn't happened yet, but totally will go off without a hitch. Oh, that's the same shirt. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Shirt buddies. It's oh, <laughs> nice, it looks soft. Uh, it is really, it is really Quick update for the show. We are, for the final remaining weeks of the semester, we are changing our format, and we're going to be recording every Thursday, and I'm going to be spitting these bad boys out like fire. So I believe in you. I just want to get at least close to episode 20 by the time that uh, we leave for summer vacation. And then I have the pleasure of doing my summer WWE series, where I talk about different themes and motifs through WWE. Pause. You're not doing this with me? We can do a Skype call if you want. Maybe you have promised me a wrestling episode and we haven't done it yet. Why don't you guys... Here's an idea. Why don't you guys have a guy sleepover? Yeah. Sleepover Wait, party. when does your lease start? When does our lease start? There August. starts in August. 
Yeah. Listen, listen. You, you had me make a list of pay-per-views. I made a list. Do you want to do it this week? Yeah. Let's do, do it, it like, like this week. Yeah, let's do it. Sleepover. Okay, update. You heard it here first. Hold, okay, pause one more time. <laughs> Sleepover? We both live here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were doing it over the summer. Oh, no. no. Wait, Sleepover. I guess I could sleep in his bed, but I do that sometimes too. You guys can like sleep on the floor and like giggle and gossip. We already do that. Each other's nails. Yes! As I'm falling asleep, I go, hey, Corey, did you see that meme? And he you goes, yeah, <laughs> every night. <laughs> me, me and times, I, was, I was getting ready to go to sleep, and all I hear from the other side of my room from Ashley is, do you want to hear a jellyfish fun fact? And I go, heck yeah, I do. That's amazing. And so I told her a jellyfish fun fact. It was great. It was <laughs> in the morning, um, sometime this week, and I texted Tabs, um, <laughs> A automaton version of Ocean Man. <laughs> I heard her get it. I heard her texting go. And obviously, I listened listen to it. Oh, immediately. Literally in the morning, the, f- the first words that me and Ben say to each other is when someone farts, the other one goes, nice. Yeah. <laughs> or like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, I'll go hot. <laughs> and then we start talking. It's, it's like just... clockwork. It <laughs> sounds like a great morning. <laughs> well, speaking of farts, the episode we are watching today is <laughs> season two, episode two, Genie in a bottle. Man a man in a bottle. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more because of the smoke that comes out. But yes, it is a toot toot. Uh, it is that time that everyone has been waiting for. My joke of the week. If we were a genie related object, we would be a bottle because that's all the genies come out of. And they come out of lamps too. We would be a genie, a bottle, or a lamp because that's all the genies come out of. What? Yeah, this is a season two episode, so you can watch it on Netflix, Hulu, the DVD box set, which is conveniently located right here. You can also watch it on Amazon, I think now they have it. And um, you can also watch it through illegal websites, which we don't condone or know about, but Rod Serling's dead. It's just the big rigs at NBC. We never use them. I I mean, wink, wink. Yes. The big wigs at NBC are the people that see the money, so. Rod Serling and his family, I don't think, are getting any cash. Well, so they don't even have the rights anymore, I don't think. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, because if they're making the reboot. Yeah, yeah, CBS owns it. There you well, go. Well, so, maybe don't feel bad about Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> don't illegally download it. Illegally watching, I can turn a blind eye to. Would you download a car? Yes. Would you uh, download a pizza? Would you, would you 3D print <laughs> yes. it? Yes. <laughs> So then, without further ado, Rod, take us in. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Castle, gentle and infinitely patient people whose lives have been a hope chest with a rusty lock and a lost set of keys. But in just a moment, that hope chest will be opened. And an improbable phantom will try to bedeck the drabness of these two people's failure-laden lives with the gold and precious stones of fulfillment. Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Castle, standing on the outskirts and about to enter the Twilight Zone. 
We open this up this episode with a cat, a cute one, may I add. Did you guys notice oh, that bad cute. boy? I thought it was like a squeaky floorboard, and then I got the surprise of a life. Yeah, it was time. a cat. <laughs> you and see it twice because they messed up the show. Yeah, maybe they have two different cats. No, but you don't see the first no, one. <laughs> it's the same was shot. Was it a different cat? No, it was no, the same, it was the same, same shot. She just brought him up twice. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, it's the same shot. That cute little kitty belongs to Arthur Castle and his wife, Edna, Edna Castle. Castle. Edna. The Castle. Edna Mode. And yes. <laughs> they are unsuccessful antique dealers, masters of the tchotchke. <clears throat> Antiques of only bottles. Yeah, it's like a bottle <laughs> Nothing shop. Else. There's some lamps in there. <laughs> they're like, they're the quintessential <laughs> old white people shopping network. Heck yeah, they are. Where do you think all the old people are going to get their all right, bottles that, from? That was a little racist. I'm sure that every every ethnicity can have use for bottles and lamps. No, that's only white people. Only white people shop for them at broken down antique stores. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that, Speaking of broken down. <laughs> uh, Speaking of broken down. The window, not the window, but one of their um, display cases is very badly broken. Yes, it's, it. it's shattered. Which is uh, important later. After this, a scraggly-looking old lady comes in with a wine bottle that she claims is a family heirloom. That almost made me cry, honestly. <laughs> Did this look a little fishy to you guys? It looked a little bit like something you would smoke out of. No, I thought it was a. I thought it was. Can you cut this out first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie and I were watching it, and she goes, "This bottle is a family heirloom." Jamie was like. It looks like a bong. <laughs> no. She's like, I've never smoked weed before. And I was like, yeah, no, that looks like a bong. <laughs> I thought it looked like a And then it started smoking, and I was like, ah. <laughs> no, that, that looked, uh, that looks like fishy. a, yeah, that looked like a bong for sure. <laughs> we at the Rod Squad don't participate or condone in marijuana. She's like, take this bottle. And, uh, he, he being the gen, the generally nice guy he is, decides to She's also broke. Buy it from her. Yeah, she's broke. She's begging for money. She's bu he buys it for her for like a buck fifty to just give her everything he has left, really. And, and he's like, I wish I wish I had more for you. She's like, Thank you! And she's Thank like, you. And then she's like, she's by like, the way, by the way, I found it in the trash outside your store, deuces. <laughs> <laughs> It's not an heirloom, my life. Yeah, which <laughs> heirloom is heirloom of the trash can. <laughs> it's such an inappropriate thing to say someone to someone that just gave you like charity. <laughs> like, well, uh, he and his wife begin to bicker a bit about their situation and how he wants more, and she's like, "I also want more." But they don't have the money. But they don't have the cash, and then he accidentally They're flat out broke. He accidentally knocks over the bottle. And much to everybody's surprise, because it, it contains a man. Could you believe that there was a man in the bottle in an episode called The Man in the Bottle? Oh my goodness. Because if like, they left him in the bottle and he was just like banging on the bottle. <laughs> like, funny if like he was like, one of those cats. And, like like that, uh, that family Stop. guy segment where Peter is ignoring, <clears throat> Peter is ignoring Brian because Brian slept with Lois's dad's prize dog. And Peter locks himself in the glass box and he farts and, like, cool. he can't breathe until he passes out. <laughs> that one was for you, Steve. I know that makes you chuckle to yourself uncontrollably. <laughs> Look, Steve, Steve has a very complex humor status, but when it comes to a good fart, like, that's it. He's done. How many farts have we learned? 
like half of this episode. <laughs> is this Steve's story of the day right now? Kind of. Okay, hit it with it. Okay, so, so Ben's dad, it's really funny because he laughs at fart jokes and stuff, but he doesn't want to seem like uncool that he's laughing at fart jokes, so he'll try to hold it as long as he can. Oh, and his yeah. face just gets like a fart. So red. And then someone will go, I see your face is red, and he instantly loses it. Yeah, Dies. My dad, will, my dad will fart in the car, and my mom will be like, did you just fart in here? And he goes, hee <laughs> hee My dad does the same thing. It's awesome. Their parents are whack. Oh, my God. Back to the genie. So, emerging from the bottle, kind of toots out. Man. Yeah, he's, he's a very creepy old man. And he says to the castles, uh, you have four wishes. Now, their response is gold, so we're going to listen to it right now. Clear, Mr. Castle? I think we'd better call the police. What kind of genie gives out four wishes? I know! That was like, that's so weird. weird. It's a little generous. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Maybe one of them is like the testing wish. Yeah, he like a well, trial yeah. wish. I thought this was kind of original, because not only, not only are their actions not just to jump into the wishing, but to be a little hesitant... But he is, he has a very weird rule set where he's like, he's like, I'm not technically playing tricks on you, but like, you should be wary of the circumstances. Their first wish is to repair a broken glass cabinet, the one that Jamie mentioned earlier. In order to prove that he's a genie. Did we like the effect? It vignettes. (laughs) It just made me think of the Star Wars, the prequels, where they did the really, really bad transition. (laughs) You mean the fantastic transition? (laughs) I actually really liked the effects in this episode, but we'll touch on that later. Yeah, I did too. The genie coming out of the bottle was pretty cool, and uh, some other stuff he did was pretty cool too. Yeah, the smoke machine was awesome. (sighs) Mm. So, knowing this now... Um, they wish to receive a million dollars in cash for their second wish. In fives and tens. In fives and tens. It's very important. This goes great, as they, you know, they're actually pretty great about it. They're very generous. (laughs) Literally. They gave away $60,000. They gave away $60,000 to their their friends. friends. And, you know, people who really need the money. The community. And like then, the old lady that came in earlier and sold them this bottle. <laughs> the best mid-twist in television history. <laughs> the IRS. <laughs> it was yes. so funny. I was watching it with Connor. And this guy walks up and Connor goes, I bet you that's the IRS. <laughs> and then the guy's like, hello, I am the IRS. And Connor's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, because the IRS is the best villain in Twilight Zone history, <laughs> we have to let them speak for themselves. There's a matter of an income tax, Mr. Castle. Just send us the bill and we'll pay it. But send us the bill in a hurry, would you please? My wife and I will be taking off for Europe very shortly. Dependent? The whole neighborhood. Oh no, they don't count. What does that figure there mean? A million dollars, Mr. Castle, taxed on the basis of husband and wife using the standard deductions. You owe the government approximately $907,000. What? Yes, that's correct. Then, in addition, there's a state income tax involved, which, using thumb rule, the whole thing comes to a total of, uh, roughly, mind you, $942,640. We've already given away a lot of money. Well, now, if you'll just fill out this form and send it to us with your check. So, just like that clip shows, the IRS hits them with a nasty tax bill that leaves them with $5. Yeah, Yeah, 
Yeah. Connor, Connor's not here, but I'm gonna comment on top for Connor. Connor Bookley. He mentioned that this would have taken place before Nixon, and that's why the taxes were so ridiculously high. Because like now sense. it's not as yeah. bad. Wow. We have Connor's oof moment, so for everybody to be worried that he's not here and he won't be able to do his oof moment, he oh, said it to me word by word over Facebook. <laughs> 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 he said, Ben, you have to promise me you'll read this verbatim. <laughs> so ready. So, uh, they have $5 left over, <laughs> which is $5 more than they had at the start of the episode, so so right. far things are going great. And remember, the glass is also fixed. Castle decides that uh, he wants to be in position of great power. <laughs> I love this. And uh, he wishes to be a dictator of a country that's not a foreign not country. A foreign country leader. Leader. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be mayor. But he does say he so elected. Yeah, he said he doesn't want to be mayor because he get voted out. Yes, which is the worst. can't get voted out. <laughs> so he wants to be a leader of a foreign contemporary country that he can't get voted out. That he cannot be voted out of. In this century. I just want to say, <laughs> as he's giving this thing, you're just seeing a genie, like, giggling like, no. like, no. like, no. no. He's, he's like, like, all right, all right, all right. He's like, this f***ing dude. <laughs> this guy. What a dude. Like, what like, you want? So, uh, <laughs> our last splicey splicey of the night. <laughs> oh, nine. Was, what? Oh, nine. What, what happens? Well, uh, you hear. Out of a country. Can't be voted out of office. I'm Hitler. I'm in a bunker. It's the end of the world. So yes, he is Adolf Hitler now. <laughs> Master of the Third Reich. At the end of the war. At the end of the war in the bunker. Right before he kills himself. So if that doesn't get you to want to watch this episode, I don't know what will. Also, his mustache shrinks in two shots. The first shot, it's his like whole upper lip, and then the second shot, it's a little bit smaller. Good. I love Twilight Goofs. <laughs> what did we think about the first twist, like the first proper twist of the becoming Hitler? Hitler? <laughs> it wasn't a twist for me because he literally what? was describing Hitler. It literally took this episode from like pretty good to just god tier. <laughs> <laughs> it went from good to great. Yeah, it's weird. We'll talk about it later in uh, general thoughts, your oh, thoughts, but generalized, but. Oh. It's weird how it's weird how Hitler can make an episode better these days. <laughs> oh yikes! Oh, here's my obligatory "I'm Jewish" for the episode. You mentioned that last. Time. I did mention it last time. How are you doing? In desperation of not dying, he throws his vial to the floor and says, "I do not want to be. I want to go back to before I made any wishes." To back where it all started. Uh, there's a really cool shot where he he's like in the process of throwing his poison down, and then once it hits the ground, it's the actual the bottom. bottom. He's, I thought that was really well shot. I thought that was well fantastic. He and his wife have nothing to show for the whole experience except for the fixed cabinet, which, would you believe it or not, he breaks again while sweeping up the glass bottle. Oh, Hugh. <laughs> They actually both have a good chuckle out of it, so no hard feelings. Yeah, they were very happy. And they kind of realized that, I guess the moral of this episode is, like, maybe, you know, you shouldn't always be wishing for more. You should really be happy with what you got, because no. that's enough. And they also <laughs> throw out the bottle. They do. In the trash can. But another <laughs> cool moment is the bottle begins reforming itself. And smoking. And smoking. Toot, 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 gotta scoot. <laughs> I think it was really interesting how they shot that. I couldn't find anything online, but I think they just took a video of it breaking and then played it in reverse and overlaid it on the footage. Probably. That's pretty rad. Yeah, because that's what it looked like. 
I disagree with you about the moral of the story. Yeah, what's the moral um, of the story? The moral of the story is things could be bad, but at least you're not Hitler. For a few years there, Hitler would disagree with you. <laughs> For Rob, though, I feel like that would be something he would have as the theme. I was surprised. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. First, I was surprised that he didn't like just have that in his conclusion. Like, hey, Hitler. But did you guys adore Rod's intro and the way he just? It was yes. so pretty. It was smooth. It was amazing. Did I always sh- forget how bomb Rod looks. He's a very he good looking man. Intro. He's a hunk. A word to the wise now to the garbage collectors of the world, to the curio seekers, to the antique buffs, to everyone who would try to coax out a miracle from unlikely places. Check that bottle you're taking back for a two-cent deposit. The genie you saved might be your own. Case in point, Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Castle, fresh from the briefest of trips into the Twilight Zone. It is time for general thoughts. Your thoughts, but generalized. We like to start each episode off with some themes, some hot themes to go over. First one, uh, first one I have, being content with what you have or wanting more. Is it selfish to, to reach out for more or should you always be content with where you are in life? You go first because you're in mid-mouth. Well, you're in mid-mouth. <laughs> you're in mid-mouth. I feel depending on what the situation is, like, you should always strive for more. I feel like that's always a good way to live your life. Unless you're in a good position. Like, Bill Gates, good position. Should he strive for more? No, because he has everything. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I need to strive for more in my life. Because I'm not Bill Gates. But at what point do you realize, like, it's selfish to strive for more and you're neglecting the good in your life? Okay, so... And this is where... Do you want to go? Or? Yeah, can I go? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think wanting to progress your life is selfish. I don't think that's true at all. How, well, how is wanting your life to be better selfish? Well, he wanted his life to be better, but he didn't realize the, the He also wanted to be the ruler of a country. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> this is the best example. He didn't real- I guess he didn't realize, like, how, you know, how important his wife was and how important his store was to him. It may not be glamorous, but he loves his life. And I think that was being overshadowed by him wanting to reach out and do more. I have the perfect thing for this, because we literally talk about this in Jen Miller's class. Because mm-hmm. the plot of the simple plan, A Simple Plan is pretty much that this guy lives a pretty simplistic life with his wife, but then he is gets his hands on money from, like, crash paying, and, like, when I say money, I mean, like, a billion dollars. And it's just how their life uh, changes. But at the very beginning, he has this monologue saying, like, I was the happiest man alive back then, and, like, I can't believe, like, I got, I got rid of it. And, like, I think there's a difference between, like, wanting to progress your life and be like, hey, I want a job that pays money, and then there's a difference between, like, that and, like, trying to have this happy, quote-unquote happy life that you're, like, richer and stuff like that, because you're gonna, A, neglect what you already have, and B, a lot of things turn sour, usually. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It's a good... Yeah. But yeah. Philosophy. Just something. Yeah, so that's just a little thing I want to talk about. I mean, it was not a major theme, but uh, something cute about the episode. I think it's a very important theme. Uh, it being cutesy. <laughs> it being cutesy, that brings us into our second major discussion point. What the heck was the genre of this episode? 
Science fiction. <laughs> well, yes, but like on a on a broader level. Okay. Science fiction. I thought it was like Here's comedy. The thing. It was comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was supposed to be. It comedy. was comedy for us, but at the time, yeah. not then. Probably I don't a little think so. bit more serious. <laughs> well, actually, no. Brian Hitler is hilarious. The IRS, <laughs> like. I think the inclusion of the IRS makes it a comedy. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of funny. Connor Buckley is here, everybody. Yes. He has arrived. I got my Connor, all you missed was plot discussions and some, some of our general thoughts. Okay. But you, we, we've only discussed one theme. So, overall, comedy episode, do we agree? Or kind of. <laughs> it was, it was, it was I mean, really I creepy in parts for a comedy episode. <laughs> I, I still think a part of it, like, at the time, was not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I, 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 I was like, like, supposed to be, like, a series after. Yeah, I, I do not think it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, it, it was more the, supposed to be like the family. war was still like in the back. Fresh in like mind. twenty years, not yeah. even. Like, yeah. It was fifteen. This episode came out. Yeah, yeah there's no way. Yeah, no. They, They're not cracking Hitler jokes. And I mean, some of it, but they kind of did. <laughs> they did crack a Hitler joke though. But that's how we it was perceive it. Also, kind of degenerates. Because for us, Hitler is... <laughs> just call me a degenerate. I called all of us degenerate. <laughs> well, to us, yeah. Hitler is not a person. Like, you're gonna be like, oh, he is. But, like, to us, like, he was not, like... A he's a, he's yeah. like, a yeah. theory, an idea of, like, something in the past. Because, like, we never had to live through, yeah. like, World War II. And yeah. have to... Where yeah. This generation that's watching this episode had to. And they knew the horrors. Uh, and yeah. they yeah. watched all of that. So you have to keep that in mind, like... For us, it's kind of like, oh, we can make a joke about it, but, like, for them, it's a lot different, and, like, we're a lot more desensitized than they would have been at the time. Yeah, you're right, because it would have, like, just happened, yeah, like, a few Mm -hmm. years before. Like, people, people would have grown up with the Shades of War, and, like, well, this shows, this show, this was a family show, kind of? A little bit. Like, older children family show. It's a late night show. Yeah. Well, like... That your parents Part walked of, after they ship you off to the bedroom. Like your parents in their in their mid forties who were coming of age during World War Two and under Hitler and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's and a lot of these people who watched the Twilight Zone probably fought in World War Two. Yeah, did sure. Rod? Yeah. Rod did serve on the Pacific Front. Ooh. Which is why he has a lot of episodes about the Japanese internment camps and uh, the Pacific Front in general. We haven't gotten any of them yet. And the World War Two. Yeah, it's a lot of World War Two. Watch those though, because I never read a paper on the Japanese internment camps in high school. They're a little racist, actually. Oh yeah, the entire idea was racist. Well, no, no, no. There's one episode about the Pacific Front where the actor does yellow face. Oh no. And the other one has a very young Mr. Sulu in it though. Ooh. But he's not okay anymore. No, no, but he uh. The whole plot is like, the whole plot makes it out to be like, oh, my dad was serving on Pearl Harbor, but he called in the other Japanese attacks, which is actually a myth, because there is no, nothing even close to concrete evidence that there was a Japanese American who had any part in Pearl Harbor. So, Rod certainly may have dropped the ball there, but, uh... Yeah, where were we? Oh, so do you think this episode reads better as a comedy or reads better as a serious episode? I feel today it reads better as a comedy. I think as a comedy it's a much better episode than the series. Well, I think, but we're also keeping it in perception of, like, what we find funny and, like, what they would have found funny. Like, it's just, it's so complicated because this is, like, a historical show. Well, now it's, like, a historical show and it's, like, 
really hard to be like, what would this fit under because, or what would it fit better as? Because I'm sure people during the four, like when this came out, the sixties, nineteen sixty, the sixties, they they wouldn't have been like, oh, this would be a comedy. They'd be like, no, this would be it, much better. Not, it wasn't really funny until. It wasn't funny until Hitler. Yeah, that's... Well, I thought the IRS was a pretty good game. I mean, that was more of like... Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that... I think that every good series episode should have maybe... Like a moment or two of comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. And like, even if, the, even if the Hitler thing wasn't a joke back in 1960... The uh, the IRS thing could have read as a joke. Oh, definitely. And I, and I also think that what... What moves this more towards the serious side of things is the fact that Jamie is so creepy. He's a... I actually said that Jamie is so creepy. Yeah, Jamie like, is so creepy. I've got a text he sent me about my bitch. Okay, so, question. The money that they got. It was it was all in cash, and it was technically under the table. Why did the IRS show up? That's they, well, they were telling people about it. They are like, hey, yeah. come take some of our money. Well, like, yeah. was, was, was the, there, legally, was the, IRS the IRS would have been allowed to take it, though, because they could claim the, it as a gift, and the IRS wouldn't yeah. be able to take it. Was there a guy from the IRS How just, are they gonna, just like, walking on the street? And, like, yeah, apparently. He just walked like, oh, in, and he's yeah, like, I see you've got there. some money there, pal. <laughs> like, literally, that's what Ah, yes, potholes. Ah, yes. Money. I think it was just to make the point that Maybe All their wishes had consequences. Right yeah. He just, like, smelled it from... <laughs> and he was like, Ooh, yeah. I smell a million dollars! Well, <laughs> was the tax code modernized? Because we brought up earlier what Connor said to Ashley about how, like, it Not wasn't about days. the Nixon thing, but so Not maybe you couldn't claim it as a gift. Like, if the tax code, like, that was Oh, like that? Yeah. Like, I, don't know, I, I don't know what the specifics were. Yeah. I don't understand we're how We're not economic works. historians. <laughs> no. I was gonna say, I'd look that up, but I'm sure it's very dry, and I don't know yeah, how I can stomach that. On to point three, Twilight Zone and Cautionary Tales. So, over our 13-episode survey of the Twilight Zone, nearly every episode we've watched has been a cautionary tale outside of maybe, like, Come Wander With Me and Mute. Although, Come Wander With Me, you can argue. Wouldn't five characters be uh, not one either? Or? No, yeah, and Perchance to Dream wouldn't be either, but a majority of the yeah. episodes we've watched so far has been cautionary tale. Tales. Come, come Wander With Me. That was the one with our man, right? The guitar. That's yeah. a cautionary tale, though. The cautionary tale is don't wander in the woods yeah. and find a pretty lady. <laughs> don't steal music. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a cautionary tale, because he's like, this song isn't yours to have, and he's like, how about I do anyway? How about I do anyway? So, can we splice? Yeah, we can splice that in first. How about I do anyway? So this is more of a question not pertaining to this episode in general, but all of them. Do we do we think that the cautionary tale motif has gotten stale, or are we still along for the ride about it? I think it's. I think that that's part of one of the major base. It's like one of the major points of the Twilight Zone. I'm like cautionary cautionary tales are like you can't have the Twilight Zone without them, honestly. Yeah. And and. <laughs> In modern in modern times, as they say, uh, the the Twilight Zone equivalent could be perceived as Black Mirror, and that's also all cautionary all tales. cautionary tales about that. So I think that I think that it's an integral part of the Twilight Zone, and you can't have a lot of the episodes without it. Even though some of the some of the best all time might not be cautionary tales, right? I think a lot of them are. Like, the monsters are doing Maple Street, which is highly regarded as the best episode mm, of all time. That episode is the which best. we are watching as our big end of the semester Ooh, party episode. Good, because I haven't seen it yet. It's so um, good. I'm ready. Yeah, is a huge cautionary tale about 
the Red Scare and about um, trusting your neighbors right, and yeah. about what what like it's a scare can do. To, yeah, well too. it's about what fear can do to a community. Right. Yeah. But then there's a part. But then there's some of the other big ones like Occurrence at Owl Creek and uh, mm. right. So don't and be don't be racist. Eye of the Beholder is kind of that's kind of like. <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's zero. That episode. That's the. That was the. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's But I think that it goes back to the the core of what the Twilight Zone is about, and I think if it gets stale, the Twilight Zone itself can kind of get stale. So, like cautionary tales, I think the reason that they don't go stale is I think they're like a huge part of like the core of like humans and Human like society, culture. Yeah. Because like you see cautionary tales like super early in history and in, like, stories, like, telling people, and mostly children, like, hey, don't do this, hey, don't do that, and, like, we still see it today and stuff, like Connor was saying, like, Black Mirror, and, like, and I think, uh, the best way to, like, understand cautionary tales is to give them these, like, fantastical, like, um, storylines, like, things mm-hmm. that can never happen, and it's a way that you can relate, because, like, it, humans usually tend to understand things by analogies better than just, like, yeah, straight, sure. like, Hey, don't do this. Well, yeah, I mean, the cautionary tales back in the old days were like, you know, Little Red Riding Hood's a good example. Don't go in the woods alone because there are, like, dangers there. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers, yeah. yeah. I, I'm dumb. That's I, I, I gave you the wrong the wrong idea. But, yeah, it's don't talk to strangers. Connor was right. But I think, I think that the Twilight Zone and other shows that came after it, and at the same time, like the original Outer Limits... Uh, it brought to the table, like, those same don't talk to strangers, but in a more fantastical, modern-day sense. So, I think that's the cool part of media, is that we're always evolving, but we're always telling the same stories in different facets. Yep. Huh. Like, this episode would be, I guess, like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, exactly. Classic. Yeah, it's it's a monkey's ball. Honestly, yes, a tale is all the time. That's <laughs> honestly probably exactly what it is. They saw from. And, to get... Because, because last week's discussion was so dark about trends and shootings and serial killers. Yeah, I had to listen to that again. It was plot holes. Was How, there were a few plot holes in this episode. Why are there one? Why, why are there one cat? Why, why is there, there one, one cat? Okay, I'm okay with these. One plot cat, holes. two places. <laughs> why did she bring out the same cat twice? <laughs> Major plot hole. She picked him up again, and then she was like, "Did I pick them up?" Or <laughs> he like here he drank his milk and was gone. She's like, "No, it's no, like come back." <laughs> forget if you took your medication in the morning. What is with feeding your cat? It's yeah. one. Poor cat's so, like, I already ate Sharon. <laughs> Actually, her name is Edna. (laughs) So, when are plot holes, like... Because some plot holes are very kind of lovable. Like this one. Where did she go when he was Hitler? Yeah. How come he wished for the mirror not to be broken? You heard her crying in the background. No, that was him. No, that was her. No, that was him first. I thought that was him. I thought it was her. Well, like, historically speaking, she would have already been dead. Yeah, but could she have No, No, she's the girl. She would have become Hitler's girlfriend. No, that wouldn't. Also, he said, I I become Hitler. He didn't say anything about her. Also, nothing. But because because when he came back, she was just like... Because when she had to, like, commit... Sudoku too. And no, she would have already been dead. Uh, but how did she come back? Because <laughs> he was for everything to go back to normal. <laughs> I'm okay with plot holes in this episode Ooh. because I think it kind of adds to the goofiness. I, I view this as I a comedy. I think plot holes can be endearing. Like, yeah, like um, when are plot holes not not like a 
an integral part of why a movie or a piece of art is Here's. bad. What it just makes it stupid. Well, no, because, Well, like, this made this kind of dumb, but I thought it was this great. Was funny. Yeah, but this was like, funny. Okay, for Jared's surprise party, um, we're gonna watch The Room and The Disaster Artist, and, like... Both of which are good films. So. Yeah, and, like, The Room is one of, like, well, my exciting. favorite movies because of how bad it is. Yeah. It's just so endearing. Yeah. It's so funny. I loved... Like, it cheers me up. Oh, I, I don't would, know. I've always said, not to toot my own horn, but I'm gonna toot my own horn. I've always thought the difference between, like, cash grabs and art is, like, how much heart somebody's put into it. Because Pacific Rim and Transformers are pretty much the same exact movie. Pacific Rim. Don't you <laughs> talk bad on Pacific Rim right now. I'm not, not. I'm not. I'm not. saying Pacific Rim, Pacific I would consider art because Guillermo del Toro actually puts, like, his time and energy into it. Thank you. And that was not, his best movie ever. It's not because he wants to make money. No, Shape of Water. It's not because he wants to it's not because he wants to make money, it's because he wants to make something he's proud of. Well, Michael yeah. Bay is putting out Transformers solely to make money. True. Well, Michael Bay is also not a good person. Yeah, but... They should have stopped after the first one. I think it depends on, like, what you're looking for. I agree, and I also you. I also think, like, the size of the plot hole, like, if we talk about, like, the Cloverfield Paradox... There were so many plot holes in that film, it made it annoying. Like, it just, like, destroyed the plot line, because it was like, well, that would never work then, or, like, what she's doing wouldn't work, and it's like... I think if you end up satisfied in the end with a piece of media, because, like, when I was playing through Life is Strange, like, not to spoil it for anyone, because I I love that game, and I think it's, like, an important game that people should, Mm -hmm. like, play through, but there are some plot holes that... Major made models. me really kind of upset with the ending. Yes. So, I don't know. I feel like sometimes, though, plot holes can be beneficial to a degree. Well, so, if, if it's like not it's noticeable, a, yeah. yeah. It, like, if it, um, because, like, I read this thing, it was, like, a conversation between different, like, authors and stuff like that, and, like, sometimes they have plot holes, and they're, and, like, later on, they're like, oh, wait a minute, that was kind of important to the rest of the story. So, like, sometimes things happen, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, the, the importance of plot holes really comes down to what you want to get out of a work, because mm-hmm. me, Corey, and I saw Pacific Rim 2 a couple weeks ago. Oh, was it good? And, no. And uh, <laughs> we we were walking out of the theater, and we noticed some major plot holes that that call back to the first movie. Oh. But we were but we were not there to watch. A <laughs> we good were not movie. there to watch. I wasn't there for the plot, bro. We were. We I were, was there for robots fighting and monsters. And how much did you get out of it? Not e- yeah. not yeah. much. <laughs> like ten minutes max. It was, it was good. It was good. It was good, but, but it wasn't the first one. Won, like half an hour or something. Yeah. But. <laughs> Listen, I, so I love this movie. I, I, know, I can talk just, about it forever. Just like the first one had like half an hour of robots. Punch <laughs> Twenty monsters, more minutes. Dude. That concludes our themes of this episode and the week. Now we go on to the much more fun part of general thoughts. Your thoughts, but generalized. Starting with the. Do, do, do. The okay. WWE <laughs> moment of the week, hosted by friend. Uh, mentor and wrestling god Corey Arnold. I haven't heard this. I haven't heard this yet. I can't even. Go pop and go. Okay, so <laughs> there was an IRS man who came in and <laughs> oh, took no. all the money. Wouldn't you know? There was a man in the early nineties whose name was Erwin R. Scheister. 
What does that stand for, ladies and gentlemen? And believe it or not, he also tag teamed with the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Rod Squad alumni million dollar man Ted DiBiase. When did you have him on? Last week. And what he <laughs> did, he carried a briefcase to the ring and he called everyone tax cheats. And, <laughs> he, and he wore a tie to the ring and he got choked with it. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. There we go. That's what I got. That is the so WWE oh, moment of the week. And don't forget to pay your taxes. Now for our main event of this portion of General Thoughts. The Oof. Moment of the week, hosted by the winner of the Twist game. Last week's winner was Connor Buckley. How you doing? So, Connor, what was the moment uh, of the week? Okay, so I originally wasn't going to be here for this, but I got done early. So Yes, please the, read this word for word. The, the text I sent to Ben, when the IRS came and then they had $5 left <laughs> after all the taxes. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, was your Oof. moment of the week. Wasn't the... Wasn't the um, break, re-breaking of the... Uh, no, I fire. By the time where he became Hitler. <laughs> it was, I, I, I made my decisions <laughs> based on... He won. He won a couple of my artistic choices. <laughs> based on a highly advanced calculation. My, my you IQ, have to have a high my IQ is like super high. How much Rick and Morty did you watch before uh, you came up with that? Like three. three. <laughs> like three. Like three. Like three. So, I appreciate all y'all's moments of the week, but y'all are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dad, I, wish, Dad, I wish we could see Dad. the visual of that for I'll, the podcast of the thing. I'll show you when I win the twist this week. It is time for... Oof. <laughs> what time is Bios. it? Bios and Trivia! I'm really slacking tonight. I apologize. Yeah. It's this was directed by Don Midnight Medford. Do you guys what remember him? What a name! We've seen that. That literally sounds like a wrestler. Like a wrestler. <laughs> he also has. Can Can you guess what episode we've seen that he's directed before? Come on, no. with me. No. Was it the really bad oh, one? Night, so the Trumpet one. Trump yeah, yeah, Passage for Trumpet oh, is the last yeah. episode nice. we saw from him, which Connor Good and I job. both gave Keith told me that earlier, but I'll, but I'll take a high five. <laughs> what are we talking about? Actually, their building, their antique store looks a lot like the pawn shop. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't know. This is the second of five episodes, so between the Midnight Sun and this one, how are we feeling about Don Medford? I think we're feeling pretty high on him. Yeah, we gave him two tens good. in his first episode, and this one I think we're pretty close to some more tens, so. Ha ha, yes. This was written by Rod Serling and produced by Rod Serling. If you don't know who that is, Wikipedia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lutter Luther Adler as Arthur Castle. He has passed away. He was born into a Yiddish dynasty of theater. Uh, he was born in New York from parents who were Jewish, and he started a huge, uh, he was part of a huge Jewish theater dynasty. You're pointing at me. Yes, I'm Jewish. <laughs> he debuted on Broadway at age 18. He died in Cutstown, PA. Not too oh, Cutstown. Cutstown, PA. Girl, you know it's right. It's because I live 40 minutes from there. <laughs> Not too far from where we are. The GPS Myers pronounces Hill, it Kutztown. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, this was not his first time playing Hitler. He went on to play Hitler two more times after this. That's unfortunate. He does kind of look like Hitler in that mustache. And this is his only Twilight Zone <laughs> appearance, but 
He was a huge, <laughs> huge uh, theater guy back in the early 20th century to mid-20th century. Like and him. he did a big show in Pakistan about Ooh. the formation of Israel back when uh, there was no infighting. And uh, it was raising money for Holocaust survivors. And it it, just, it had a 200-night run. So that's pretty good. Wow. For, that's a lot of nights. Yeah. That's, that's more than two. two more than seven. <laughs> Vivi Janice, she played Edna. She has passed away. This is one of two Twilight Zones. She's also in an episode <laughs> called The Fever about a gambling addiction. Yeah. It's a really bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Russian, Russian? Joseph Russian as the oh, genie. He's, he died in 2013. He's in every show imaginable. He was in um, every show imaginable. Yeah, he was I in a ton of westerns, a ton of variety shows. And towards the end of his career, he starred in DuckTales. He starred Ooh. in other. Duck. I thought you were gonna say Duck Game. He, he was like the voice that did the quacking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is one of two Twilight Zones. He's also in an episode called To Serve Man, where he plays the alien, the cow meat. Cow meat? The black dragon cow meat? No, it's a different cow meat. It's an oof episode. It's really good. It's one of the best of all time. Mm, Ashley just disagree. can't appreciate it there. Oof. Maybe that's why I like you, though. Oh! That's the oof moment oh! of the week. Big oof. Oh! Oh! Moving on to trivia. Oh! <laughs> From the International Movie Database, this was the only trivia. I'm going to read this to you guys. This episode takes place in 1960 and 1945. From Mark Scott Zickrey's uh, Twilight Zone Companion, Volume 2, Electric Boogaloo, he just said he did not like this episode and left it at that. He is incorrect. And from, from From Martin Graham's Jr.'s Unlocking a... Uh, unlocking the door to a television classic. He said the first version of this episode featured a hobo who stunningly found a bottle and then got everything he wished for. That's not a fun ending, though. Well, that's why he switched it. Ha ha, yes. <laughs> so, ha, moving yes. on to what ripped this off? Aladdin. Really, the real question should be what didn't rip this Aladdin's off? Aladdin's older than this. What? No, it's not. A Tale of a Thousand Arabian Nights. Oh, I was talking about yeah. the Disney movie. Oh, yeah. But the original story is a lot of Very old. Monkey's Paw. Yes. I mean, this Hold is up. really... Wait, wait. Ash's got a really good one, guys. Prismo from Adventure Time, who's my man. Have uh, I met him yet in the no, show? No, you haven't. We need to watch. You're voice, so close. Isn't he voiced by Kumail Nanjiani? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> is that the, like, cloud? The pink cloud? No, that's Lumpy Space pink. Princess. Yeah, that's Lumpy Space She's a babe. Oh my god, I love Lumpy. <laughs> I just saw, I just met, um, what was his name? The or the Lemon. Lemon Grab! I love Lemon Grab. Lemon Grab is my favorite. Unacceptable! Okay, lemon Grab? Yes. Um, so, Prismo, my man, he's, I don't want to spoil too much, but he is able to grant wishes, and so essentially Jake has to make a wish, and he's like, starts to make a stupid wish, which was, I wish for a sandwich. And he's like, dude, there's so many consequences. Like, if I make the sandwich, I'm going to need a chef, and I'm going to, like, take him from his family, and he's gonna, his kids are going to be like, oh, where's dad? And, like, so he's like, it's kind of like this This genie does. He kind of explains, like, the consequences behind it. He doesn't have to make him his own sandwich. He's just like, let me just make a sandwich for you. But he's, he's a little bit nicer and not creepy. He's just kind of awkward. That's good. But I love him. my man. He is also my man. He's my background for, like, ever. But not anymore. Uh, oh. Sweet. Do we have any... I mean, this is a pretty easy episode to draw stuff to and fro, but 
Really, Monkey's Paw and any TV show that has kind of that whole like the Fairly Odd Parents. Yes, I remember the genie. That's Whoa. the genie I was expecting. Well, yeah. well, not even like the genie thing, but like he Just gets in general. He gets yeah. wishes, and then and then bad things happen because he's a stupid kid and doesn't realize what can happen. That's yeah. every episode. Also, yeah. I dream of genie. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Genie. What about? Genie. Oh wait. Oh, that Mandela effect. There was a the Mandela effect thing about the the genie movie with Shaq, but it doesn't really exist. Yeah, what? right. Yeah. The Shazam one. The Shazam Isn't that? Thing. That's a real movie, right? Yeah, but it's not. No, it was a real movie. It wasn't with Shaq though. Oh okay. What? Is Shazam a real movie? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, well, I, I try to stay away. Real. After Shaq flew, I stay away from all <laughs> Shaq related material. Excuse me. There was an SNES fighting game called yeah, Shaq. I know. Why, yeah. Why is that? Ah. Bad? Because it's the worst fighting game ever made. Well, you want to check for the I don't think you've ever played this. <laughs> it was uh, Encyclopedia Connor. Encyclopedia Connor. Uh, oh, wait, it wasn't Shaq. It was Sinbad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, everyone it, thought it was Shaq. Everyone, th- everyone thought Sinbad. No, one remembers no, 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 no. Let me explain this. Everyone thought that Sinbad played a, played a genie in a movie called Shazam, but it was Shaq who played a genie in a movie called Kazam. Uh, ah, I am so confused. Yeah. Are you sure that's just not people being Shazam's dumb? I don't know if that's. I don't know what's happening. The, from so Mashable.com on December 23rd, 2016, the inter. Ah, it's loading. Okay, well, <laughs> we got our answer. Moving on up. Let's move on to ratings. IMDb scored this a 7.5 out of 10. This is the 100th best Twilight Zone episode out of the 156. Uh, it is low. It is pretty low. It needs to be higher. Mid low. Uh, I gave this episode an eight. I thought it was thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was uh, enjoyable. Certainly memorable for the ending. And uh, I had no big issues with it. There's a few plot holes here and there, and it, it dragged on a bit in certain places. But other than that, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Connor, I have yours written down, so you should go next. I also gave it an eight. Haha, ha, yes. <laughs> Pretty much the same things that Ben said. Uh, I I mean, the Hitler thing comes off as cheesy like f- 60 years later almost, but I think it, it would have worked at the time, and it gives... The episode has like a really like creepy, uneasy feeling. And and yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Corey Arnold. I'm going to give it like a nine. I had it at nine. like a seven or something. I think nine. like then... But then Hitler. But then Hitler. <laughs> so that's just. Mine. I'm gonna give it a ten. I really like this episode. Whoa. It was probably yeah. one of my favorites so far. Wow. I thought it was fun. It was rather enjoyable. I like the money falling from the sky because I want that in real life. That was good. Teach, teach the yes. Whenever someone gives a ten for an episode, can we splice in gravy scene? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Already done. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Ashley. Don't skip Jamie. I didn't. Ashley Jumble. Oh, were we going in like a circle? Yeah, I, okay, yeah. Jamie. Oh. I was just going off the page. Jamie again. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it an 8. I think it got its point across really well. Um, but I also I just couldn't take it seriously yeah. after Hitler. <laughs> and Ashley. I'm going to also give it a 10. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I greatly enjoyed it. I really like this. I'm going to pull a Ben quote here. I really like the cinematography. <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually finished in time for the most important part of the night uh, for Tabitha, the 
guess that twist. I'm ready. Woo. I'm ready. So I decided that win. we should probably get the Hitler episodes out back to back. So yes. we watched. We I wanted to watch a funnier Hitler episode, and now we're gonna go to a sad Hitler episode. Oh, no. It's actually called Death's Hand Revisited. It's weird because I think on Dollhouse Revisited. Yeah, I think on. I think on Netflix, Netflix it's called Return to yeah. Dollhouse, but the official title is Dollhouse Revisited. Mr. Schmidt recently arrived in a small Bavarian village which lies eight, eight miles northwest of Munich. A picturesque, delightful little spot, one time known for its scenery, but more recently related to other events having to do with some of the less positive pursuits of man. Human slaughter, torture, misery, and anguish. Mr. Schmidt, as we will soon perceive has a vested interest in the ruins of a concentration camp. For once, some 17 years ago, his name was Gunther Lutz. He held the rank of captain in the SS. He was a black uniform strutting animal whose function in life was to give pain, and like his colleagues of the time, he shared the one affliction most common amongst the breed known as Nazis. He walked the earth without a heart. And now forever, SS Captain Lutz will revisit his old haunt, satisfied... Perhaps that all that is awaiting him on the ruins of the hill is an element of nostalgia. What he does not know, of course, is that a place like Dachau cannot exist only in Bavaria. By its nature, by its very nature, it must be one of the populated areas of the Twilight Zone. Ooh. Well, let's see. I'm bad at geography, but I'm also very bad at guessing. So, <laughs> my guess is that when he goes back to visit... I mean, I feel like there's going to be, like, flashbacks and stuff, or maybe mm -hmm. he's going to, like, go back in time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's going to regret everything that he's ever done and kind of have an emotional breakdown. Emo interesting, interesting ideas. Um, you are in you're in the lead right now. Awesome. Yeah. Some interesting ideas. And with that, uh, I think you probably should bounce. Yes, I will. All yeah, right. we have a, just a... Uh, Thanks, hi, dudes. Just message me about who gets the oof moment. Yep. Corey Arnold, why don't you go next? Okay, this is a bit lengthy, but I can say it now since time is done. Um, this will get a little spicy, but we can cut it if need be. So, I wasn't, there wasn't, I haven't really been any Nazi wrestlers in the mainstream, so I looked up Nazi wrestlers, and... There's a few. The, yeah, but not like, you know. Okay, yeah. so the four of us will get this. Um, it's, uh, people also search for Baron Corbin. Oh, <laughs> no. So, Baron Corbin's finisher, the... Baron Corbin's gimmick is that he's kind of a Nazi because that's what he looks like. So, and uh, we are watching Baron Corbin participate in the Elimination Chamber. Oh, we're watching, no. we're watching Elimination Chamber 2017. Oh, oof. I'm actually, I think I keep that in. Can we keep that in? Yeah, I think we can keep that in. I have a weak backup if you need me to. No, no. I was just going to do Alex Wonder Kid from. WCW. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just German. He's not a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. Alright, Jamie, you're up next. Ghosts. Okay. Okay. Alright, your turn. Ghosts. So he goes back to Dock House and uh, he sees the ghosts of some of the uh, Holocaust victims and like they uh, they talk to him and stuff and then he regrets everything so much that he like he like goes off the deep end and Perhaps Have you episode. seen this episode? No. Ding, ding, ding. Holy Carter crap. Buckley has just batted a grand slam. That was a perfect. That was a perfect. <laughs> you were so, close. Two weeks yeah. in a row, Tabitha had one half wow. and Jamie had the other half, and Connor was the glue that cemented it together. Wow. Oh, and, and I thought of that before either of them said anything. Yeah, so. Wow, Connor, I'm super impressed. So there we go. Um, 
And with that, we're gonna we're gonna leave you. We'll see ya.